Sandalite, it's your Tork Bajir, and Taxon, did you manage to find some earbuds? Welcome to the Wonder Yerks for all your Animorphs rereading and possible rewatching needs. I'm Sarah. I'm Blair. I'm Seda. I like the ambiguity in possible rewatching. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I mean, you know, part the kimono. I've personally been waffling on the idea of it for a while because I don't want, like, I, I feel like it would kind of undercut the strong finish that I believe this this series has. Just say, and let's go watch the TV show for 17 episodes. Oh, well, this, is, so, how, this is the first we're learning about this. <laughs> And? It's been in, it's been in my head. I should I should have put it the to you on this too. Live on air. Um, I no. I think it'd be good. I mean, I I'm up to I'm I'm open to being persuaded either way. I just you know when a TV show runs too long and then the last like the next season like you get like a really solid finale. They're like this show is making so much money. Obviously, the Wonder Yerks is the show that's making so much money. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> We're the supernatural um, of podcasts. As it has been said in the past by people not that are not us, mm-hmm. um, it. But they make another season because it's just really profitable. That would be the seventeen episodes following the end of this series where we watch the show and talk about it. Huh. Well. I do. I do <laughs> want to return to the show. I just don't know exactly when or how exactly I think, but this is a conversation for off air obviously no i think i i think i've made my pitch and i think it's irrefutable at this point so i feel strongly i think we should just do like a worst idea of all time thing where we watch the same episode over and over again weekly okay. yes is that that podcast it is that podcast i did it you're so good at it uh, okay let's do, let's do the oh, we can do the oatmeal one yeah yeah, and then I can make fun new mouth sounds every what every time. <laughs> the yeah. sound of two hams slapping. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice foley. So we read a book called The yep. Weakness. We did. We read book 37. Get, get down which... with the weakness. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ah, 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 ah. It's called The Weakness? It is, yeah. yes. Okay, because I, I didn't actually... I usually take note of those kinds of things, but I um, didn't this time. I tweeted uh, it, which is... The only reason I know is because I tweeted it. <laughs> I already did in the episode called The Sickness, a gag where I edited in the Down With The Sickness like intro every time we talked about it. So I'm not going to do that for this one, but I just want to... says you right now. <laughs> I'll find what, something... What does, Satur- what does Saturday say to have to say about that? Oh, you know... I'm playing around with some like fun weaker thans jokes, but that would be for an audience of uh, me only. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the weaker thans—that's a name I've heard re- in refer- I've heard reference to that recently, but I cannot remember. Very good band, one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. I think I only know of them because of you. I'm a big, big fan. I love mm-hmm. this cover also, which is very much so. It's Rachel turning into a cheetah. And the middle forms all look like her about to, like, just destroy a, like, 20-year-old manager who, like, won't take her gift receipt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I realized why I know the name The Weaker Thans, and it's because, um, the first, uh, the first Virtue to the Cat song came on my Discover Weekly last week, and it kind of ruined me. Oh, yeah. That whole series will fuck you up, and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We like to have fun with music here. Yeah, we do. We do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, uh, uh. Um. <laughs> so I notice. Okay, yes. 
The tagline actually does have something to do with the book this time. For the tagline is, Jake's not around, who will take his place? Which is literally the plot of the book. I do have questions about the name. Yeah. What is the weakness? Um, is it her anger. lack of foresight? Hubris? Hubris. Yeah. Anger. It might be hubris, I think. Mm-hmm. Literally, I was thinking about, wow, this is just hubris the book. And then, yeah. and then, she ca- and then Rachel's like, it. here's what hubris means. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. Yeah. What yeah. were y'all's thoughts about this book? Um, I liked it. I So, I liked the conceit of it. The plot itself was rather boring. Um the whole like oh let's do some uh let's like just like go at him over and over again it's just like well, yeah like i this, feel like this, i'm reading the, I, the same like 10 pages over and exactly. over again yeah this yeah. this like i i think this i i genuinely think this book could like this book was even i know i remarked last time on the length of the book and this one was even shorter than the last one this at, was like, really some, short yeah mm-hmm. like 175 pages and they used so much of that time on just like a text montage of them like doing smash and grab on a bunch of like year owned businesses in the city. Yeah, explicitly smash minus grab, but yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a grabless I, like, smash. So yeah, grabless smash. That sounds like uh, I would make a really, really great like video game joke here if I'd ever played smash. Um, mm-hmm. It's when you're book... playing smash brothers, but your Z button is broken. That's yep. That's the joke wah, wah. I would have made. <laughs> uh, compared to last week's book, which I'm so sad I couldn't be here to discuss because it was fucking insane and exactly my shit. Right. Where last week, in about the same amount of time, we learned so much and so much crazy shit happened, and it indulged in all of these absolutely nutso like '60s ass sci-fi tropes right. that are so good. I don't think that we learned anything in this one except for the Gab- Gabatron, yeah. whatever it's called. I just, I don't think we learned anything new about the characters, which is too bad because we, the the concept of them not having a leader and Jake being gone and Rachel becoming the leader, I think could have been a more interesting exploration of her character and what she is without that direction and without being reined in. Mm-hmm. But I think that this was just retreading old ground and we really didn't learn anything new about her or the other characters, which I find disappointing. Right. Um, yeah. I, if, to my memory, we had some interesting Axe moments about how he deferred to authority in the specific context. Mm. And but also it, about it, him liking Teletubbies. Yes. <laughs> but it, it, it just seemed, yeah, like more of, well, this is the logic, logical culmination of everything else we know about him ergo yeah this Um, which like it's still it's still a good book in like the grand scheme of books i just think as usual my critique is that for an animorphs book i found it to be very fillery oh for sure um and i mean i'm i'm like a I'm a brain genius because when when they were when they was like Jake isn't gonna be in this book, I was like, oh, they couldn't get Jake's actor. <laughs> <laughs> he must have been shooting a movie. <laughs> he was shooting X Men. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's um, fun. Yeah. This this book did this book did have a share of a couple of like good gut punch moments to me though. 
Yeah. There's one at the there's one at the very tail end of the book that I'm excited to talk about. Oh so yeah. yeah. Well, let's so, jump jump on into it then, I guess. Right. Yeah. So we start like Jake is already gone. Like no lead yeah. into this or anything. It's just like yeah, Jake's gone for a few days, and also like this takes place over the course of like a day. This the entire events of this book take place. It's over the a course really of a day. quick one. Yeah. 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 Rachel but, um, starts off by monologuing about how other people also have the name Rachel. I know, yeah, I was going to say, is this not the most friends. insane opening fucking ever? I really, I, w- I had really high hopes because I love this opening. The, um, the, the backstory dump is really well done because it's framed as Rachel being like, sometimes I wish we hadn't just stumbled on that alien in that parking lot who gave us the powers to do this because of the other aliens who are here. Sometimes I have regrets about the fact that my friend got trapped as a bird forever. And I just, I like the emotional like resonance of framing it that way. Totally, um, totally. But yeah, the first three paragraphs very much are like, hey, my name's Rachel. So there's Rachel in the Bible. And also there's Rachel on TV show Friends. Also, there's some other girls at school who are named Rachel. <laughs> it's what? like she was like tasked with writing an essay about her name. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> she had oh, to hit oh. 750 words or whatever. You ju- okay, you oh. just dredged up a really, like a really deep in their high school memory of an essay that I had to write for a class once. And I got like a, I got like a 70% on this paper because it was an essay about, I, I had to write this essay about like the pros and cons of, of like, of just like getting rid of the penny in the US currency system. Right. And I wrote apparent what was described by my, my teacher, uh, as he described this to the class, he put me entirely on blast for this. Um, I wrote apparently a pretty good essay about the pros and cons. And then I also said that one of the cons was that some people are named Penny. <laughs> <laughs> and no one is named like nickel or dime. People should be, I think. That's good. That's very good. Honestly, when I when I visited the States, um, the like a couple times this year and someone handed me a fucking penny, I was like, what is what is happening? <laughs> because we ba- we like got rid of pennies like five or I don't yeah, know how time oh, works. We I, got rid of pennies quite a while ago. And so somebody like handed me a penny and I was like, I have to just carry this now. <laughs> like And there's was... like bespoke trays to put them in. Like I don't know why we still have them. No, yeah. they're the worst. <laughs> the only use pennies ever had to me was that in like brownies and girl guides, we would do like yeah, donations, like, one of the ways we raised funds was people would just give all their fucking pennies because they didn't want them to be their responsibility anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyways, thanks for dislodging, thanks for dislodging that essay memory. Uh, I'm gonna have a D&D character named Dime. <laughs> very happy about that. Uh, I, lo- we, I, like... I love the way you, I love the way you said that, like, it's an inevitability, like, you just saw the, you just, like, you just, like, saw the future. <laughs> Just like a tinge of resentment for my own actions that I haven't even taken yet. Like, oh, fuck. You just know yourself um, too well. It's, I know, it's a curse. I have to live with me all the time. <laughs> uh, we, like, jump right into the action. Basically, like, I think it's, like, page two, two or three, that they're like, hey, we found out where Visser 3 is, like, feeding um so let's yeah. go and attack him um also before we before we get into it uh rachel is like jake's there but at least tom stayed at home so at least jake doesn't have to face that do i kill my brother to save my father thing <laughs> yeah. again it, it's like a yeah. little too meta meta 
Like, you know? It's just very funny and non... The way she says it is just so nonchalant. Like, I get it. Like, they kind of have to face death every day. And Rachel's like, you remember the one, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, Jake told you about... Okay, yeah, Jake told you about that one. This book has, like, a lot of incredibly pointed callbacks. Yeah! I just just kind of clocked that. Yeah. Like, Rachel explicitly... There's a, there's a section that I sent the two of you where she's like, remember during the oatmeal episode? And yeah. it's like, you, she literally uses the word episode and it's like, okay. Right. Like it's not sure. necessarily an insane word to use, um, yeah. but it's just in the context of them also having a TV show. It's like, could have done a different one. Perhaps. Probably. The uh, most distracting I'm one. I'm curious when that episode Okay, so that episode would have aired um, on October 20th, 1998, and this one came out over a year later. Yeah, so it, like... (laughs) Directly. Yeah, that's very interesting. I wonder if they were doing that because they thought that possibly kids who had seen the TV show were starting to read the books. Oh, maybe. Yeah, the, the, the TV show would have ended, like, two months prior. Huh. Did it? Yeah, it only ran the one season, right? Uh, two, actually. Oh, shit. That's but the second crazy. season only has six episodes. <laughs> That's wild. So, season two ends on a cliff. Season two ends on a cliffhanger of the second of three episodes. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Animorphs TV show, good. Animorphs TV show, please. New one. New, New one. one, please. Netflix, please. Uh, Netflix, Not even. Maybe- I've been Ooh. watching season two of She-Ra, and it, I just keep thinking, A, Friends at the Table show in this style. B, yes. Animorphs show, please. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, C, Friends at the Table next season Animorphs campaign. That would be amazing. That uh, <laughs> would be really great. Yeah. So they all acquire cheetah morphs because they're like, we're going to be fast to yeah. take down Andalite. And like when Rachel turns into a cheetah, the description of the morph and then the like... Rachel just starts going off about how powerful and strong and sexy cheetahs are. Yes, it's literally you. over two pages long, like two it's PDF so... pages, which means it was probably four or five book pages. Hundred percent, hundred percent. The ghostwriter for this book, hundred percent furry. Well, it's it's. There's something specific about like feline like animals that. It, it's, it's a ghostwriter, but Capplegate yeah. goes nuts over them, too. It's true. <laughs> so it could just be like, well, I know what the author's style is I'm trying to mimic here. So let's just go <laughs> fucking whole hog. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she also name drops Jeff Gordon, which is like a sports reference that I get for, somehow. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I didn't know who that was. Me neither. Oh, yeah, NASCAR man. Oh. Huh. I should know that. (laughs) I knew so many NASCAR people growing up. I feel like you shouldn't know that, though. (laughs) My dad watched racing, so I know Michael Schumacher, and that's it, because I was obsessed with his name when I was, like, six. (laughs) I loved his name. I'm pretty sure the only reason I remember Jeff Gordon is because he was either a Rochester native or his sign was at the low, or he had, like, a sign at the Lowe's near my house. Right. Mm. That Those are two really I, good I, reasons I mean, he to had, know he had, that si- he had that sign either way, but that sign might have been there because he was a Rochester native, or he might just be sponsored by Lowe's. Mm, mm. <laughs> what a cool sponsor for your fast car job. <laughs> I don't know why that 
That's so funny to me. Because houses just stay put. They don't houses, go. Houses are the slowest thing that we make. <laughs> well, some houses go. But again, not particularly fast. That's true. Even the houses that go are pretty slow. Um, reminds me when I, I, I was at the Home Depot getting an air conditioner for my girlfriend. Uh, we were getting the air conditioner. And um, I sw- we walked past a, uh, a toilet on display and one of the signs bragged that it could, like, flush a bucket of golf balls. Because oh, that's yeah. just the unit of measurement yeah. for toilet, like, power to, like, mm-hmm. not get clogged up with sh- with rough shits. You know, sometimes I commit a gr- serious murder with a bunch of golf balls and then need to get rid of the evidence. <laughs> yeah. sometimes, so to- you, you, sometimes you commit a serious murder at a driving range. Yes. Honestly, oh, like, weekly. it's kind of, like, it's expected that you lose golf balls, so it's not a terrible idea if you can swing it. Yeah. To just, yeah. what, just, like, lose them all at once and not have to, like, bot, like not have to, like, lose them? Are you saying if you flush a, a bucket of golf balls, that, like future proofs you against all the golf balls that you would otherwise lose no i was saying that if you commit a murder with golf balls it wouldn't be weird if you were like oh i don't know where my golf ball is you went in a very different direction they were following down my path not yours you're, oh yeah, that's right that, you're, 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 your line of logic way more sense than mine <laughs> idea that it's something it's just a i wish i could do that with guitar picks just like toss a bunch of them into a river and never just lose one again you'd like put it down they just like teleport away just I, need to like I, pay, pay the price I, I think like this all the time ever since i was eight and learned the fact that the average person spends two weeks waiting at a red light mm-hmm. and my th- and the thought to myself was that I oh, like I'd over, for, like, sorry, if like I, in your whole life? Yeah, yeah, yeah in your okay. whole life. I was just like, I wonder if I'd, like, be able to with two weeks. <laughs> red light George, who lives in front of a red light, is an outlier. It should not be counted. <laughs> oh, no. Anyways, yeah, my brain just thought, like, my brain just read that stat and was like, but what if you could just experience all of that at once? And then you have to just green light for the rest of your life. I wish. I wish there was, like, you can only do X amount of things your entire life. So you you just, like, min-max that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you could optimize your life. Yeah. Unfortunately, fate doesn't work that way. Or unless it does and we just we haven't just figured it out. Maybe it does, but everyone just has different stats. You yeah, just spend, true. You just, you just spend two weeks in, at, at that red light just, like, throwing golf balls and guitar picks out the window. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're set for the rest of your life. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm so, fucking life. Yes. <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> as they're all attacking Mr. 3, as he's, you know, traipsing gaily through a field, um, they suddenly start getting beat up by, like, an invisible fast thing. And then mm-hmm. the invisible fast thing becomes visible. And I could not picture it at all, so I looked up a uh, artist rendition. I linked my favorite one in the chat, because I really like it. I mm-hmm. do like this. Um, and it's called the Garatron, and it's like a fucked up Andalite, basically. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's is like, the implication. Whose text is fucking impossible anywhere. to read, because it is just one word with no spaces. Yeah, which is... I thought was an interesting detail the way that they mentioned that you hear it speak words or you hear it thought speak words 
and you don't really understand what they mean until several seconds later, which I have really bad auditory processing, so that's just my life. Right. But yeah, I, I was going to say, like, my mine's not, like, con- my auditory processing is not, like, consistently bad, but, like, on days when it's taken a hit, it's, like, yeah, that is kind of just what it feels like, huh? Yeah, but definitely stylizing it by just having no spaces between words and occasionally no capital letters is hard. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very difficult. Um, and, and basically also, this... Sorry, go ahead. Also, the form I was reading, I was reading it on my phone, and sometimes the, like, the words would just like bleed off onto the edge of my phone, and I wouldn't oh, be able no. to scroll over <laughs> to see it. So I'm like, well, I guess I hope you didn't say anything like fucking important or anything. Yeah. I, I, I loved this moment where basically, I think this is really interesting to present an enemy that is so clearly able to overpower you, but chooses not to. Yeah. Um, yeah, as a detail I really like. And basically, like, after they scare, after this thing scares the Andalites, well, the Animorphs, off. Wow. Am I a yerk? <laughs> the <laughs> you're, Andalite you're, bandits hold, all hold, leave. Hold you were missing an action for a week, so. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I was uh, doing important war things. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> like, basically, this this thing, the Garatron, this thing in person i don't know how to refer alien um <laughs> is here to inspect viscer three this being is here to like see how viscer three is doing and is basically like so i could have killed the Adelaide bandits but i decided not to because that's your fucking job asshole and viscer three is like yeah whatever <laughs> and they're really annoying you don't even get it the the way these two the way viscer three and this counselor talk to each other. Eyes emoji. Um, they are the biggest exes I've ever seen in my oh, fucking life. One hundred percent. It's like, so oh my good. dear inspector, oh dear Visser, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Um, culminating in the end of this book, which is like my the best moment in it, despite it, you know, I can't see more of this dynamic anymore. Yeah. But it's it's very um the evilest, worstest Texas in the it's world. So, does Visser Three get along with fucking anybody? No, his <laughs> ego is too big. It's, it's what makes true. him like the best. It makes him the um, best. It's true, yeah. It's what makes him sexy. It yep. is what makes him sexy. <laughs> <laughs> basically the plan starts happening really quickly where Rachel is basically like, Oh, so they're here to like see if Visser 3 is doing any good, we should make it seem like we're really fucking up his whole scene by, like, attacking a bunch of places that we know are owned by controllers. And everyone's like, but Jake isn't here. <laughs> Rachel's like, so the fuck what? And there's as they're fighting back and forth, Cassie says something that I don't think is an opinion Cassie would have, which mm-hmm. is that she says, without a leader, nothing gets done. I just don't think that Cassie would believe that. No. She seems um, like a very, I mean, she's young, but I feel like she's very, like, the people can govern themselves, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that just I... surprised she, me. She she doesn't seem like, I mean, it's, I would say Marco and Axe are the two that are more, most likely to defer to authority, yeah, strangely. Yeah, absolutely. Strangely for Marco, I guess, but I, if his habits have anything to say about that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, not Cassie tip. Well, Cassie kind of has her own sort of agenda that basically always aligns with everyone else's. Mm-hmm. But 
we definitely get flavors of when she's like, okay, but I know better, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I love, there's a moment that I really love where they're like, well, who's going to be our leader? And Marco's like, well, I can't do it. I don't know. Axe is smart. And Axe is literally described as like putting his chin up and posing. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to fucking preen. He really does. It's so funny and so cute. I like to imagine he like did that, that like horse thing where like the they like will like put a like just like scrape a hoof along the ground for a couple of seconds. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they decided Rachel's the leader because no one else wants to do it. Right. Um, and Rachel can't, she can't sleep and she's like maybe I'll read a book or listen to the radio and it's like wow life before accessible internet was boring. That feel what that feel when no kindly uh, like eighty year old British man will talk about toys until you fall asleep. Right. What? YouTube. Oh. The, the it's the YouTube <laughs> the YouTube channel that I always fall asleep to is Grand Illusions. It's oh. A, it's a really nice Brit- It's a really nice YouTube channel where a, 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 an old British guy just talks about like his collection of like twenty five thousand toys. That does sound really nice. It is. Right, I've been listening to old episodes of Campaign to Fall Asleep too recently. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's so comforting to me. <laughs> I understand I that. Oh, my baby. I unfortunately cannot. I need complete silence in my room to fall asleep because my brain works really well. Um, I'm the opposite. That's My brain works really well. If it's silent, then I get ca- too caught up <laughs> in my own thoughts and can't get to sleep. Andrea Andrea puts on uh, Sleep With Me to fall asleep to sometimes. And yeah. uh, one morning I woke up really mad for some reason. And then I went over to the computer and I realized Sleep With Me had gone on autoplay and started do- doing a Game of Thrones episode. Oh, no. <laughs> I tried I tried Sleep With Me, but I found myself... I it's just, It just doesn't work for me. I found myself, like, caring too much about what the yeah. host was going to say next, so I couldn't relax. Yeah. <laughs> I get that way. I get that way about the Star Trek episodes. Yeah, sometimes. Um, there's a moment here I really like where Rachel is really vulnerable to Tobias. Yeah. Um, where she's like, "You would have voted for me, right? Like, we didn't take an official vote, but like, you would have voted for me, right? You think I'm gonna do a good job?" And Tobias is like, "We should get going." Oh my and god. And it's like oh. approval, validation, approval, yeah. validation. Because it's, it's like the double whammy of Rachel being so open and vulnerable, which is really not like her, and Tobias knowing that he can't lie to her and not wanting to lie to her yeah. because he, like, loves her so much and cares about her so much, he's not going to lie to her. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like, oh, Absolutely. oh no. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we basically... <laughs> well, that was the to... part where she started talking about fucking... First of all, Oedipus Rex reading it in middle school. I don't know who's doing that. Yeah. And second of all, oh, what I got out of this is that hubris is a thing. Yeah. I mean, their fucking Icarus flew into the sun with, like, wax wings, I think is the pinnacle of hubris if we're going to talk about that. Not, yeah. Um, uh, this, like, Freudian Greek tragedy or whatever. Um. <laughs> I always forget that hubris is, like, a sort of dramatic concept because it's just so integrated into my vocabulary. Whenever I make like a minor mistake, I, I'm like, oh, my hubris. Constantly. <laughs> I say it all of the time. All the time. So I just forget that it's like kind of a dramatic word. I think mm-hmm. it happened while I was moving. I knew that something was too heavy for me and I ended up like stumbling and like 
hitting a wall or something and I just went oh my hubris and I just hear my my friend start laughing at me while carrying the shelf and I'm like yeah oh you like to have fun I do I love to have fun it's like a weird thing about me does that feel when fun that feel when fun love to do it um they go into the TV studio that they know is owned by a bunch of controllers and they grab the controller and they're like, tell Visser 3 that he should go home. And there's a moment over. where Tobias is like, hey, there's too many civilians. We should leave. And Rachel's like, no. And then an old man falls down. And then later we learn he died. <laughs> Sorry. And I, like, I didn't mean to laugh at this. It was, it's so fucking, I don't know what to make of it. Because it's like. It feels he tacked falls, on. He falls down, and they're like, oh, maybe he died of a heart attack. And Rachel's like, that's stupid. We're leaving. <laughs> and then he did. And then later, he's like, man, died of heart attack. And she's like, I, no! <laughs> to me, what it felt like was they wanted Rachel to actually kill somebody and have to deal with it, but they had to bring it back. Like, they had to pull back on it, because that's too much. Yeah, but I kind you, you of think, wish you they think that there the was envelope. like a spe- you think there was like a a spec outline of this that had like Rachel accidentally just fucking someone up and that be and like the book just taking a completely different direction. I think it would have been the same thing. I think they just they needed Rachel to be responsible for somebody getting really hurt, mm-hmm. um, and I think that they just to me took an easy way out. I mean, that's true. I, 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 I don't disagree that with that. I just, I don't see this taking the same plot structure if that did happen. Because I, like I feel like the rest of the plot grinds to a screeching halt if Rachel well, kills a dude. It could have been the same thing where, like, she knocks over a shelf, like a really heavy shelf, and she's like, that guy moved, right? Like, there was a person there, but, like, he got out of the way, right? Yeah, of course and, he did. And then okay, like, okay. sees on the so... news later, like, man suffering concussion in coma or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah, okay, that tracks. Whereas an old man having a heart attack feels almost detached from it. Like, it's it would be so difficult to actually claim responsibility for something like that. Yeah, which, like, I understand. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to advocate for these kids going through more trauma. But it just, to me, felt like they were, like, taking their foot off the gas a little bit. Which I think is understandable. But, Yeah. That's, that's it's, just it's, the feeling. It's a balance between... So, like, I totally get that, but also conflict is what drives a plot. And this yeah. this book seemed to have a very shallow conflict. I agree, yeah. because part of it... Uh, one of the things I wrote down was that um, they're saying... Rachel is like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And everyone's like, no, we should investigate first and get some intel. And Rachel's like, fuck that, let's go. And I was like, oh, there's... Oops. I gestured and whacked my microphone with my hand. Um, I was like, oh, they're showing the barrel of this gun right now. Like, ultimately, because this is the thing. Oh, I'm just figuring this out as I'm talking through it. This is how, because that's just how my brain works. Yep. Rachel doesn't get punished for her actual actions. She mm-hmm. really doesn't. She no. sort of does. But the thing is, like, the lack of intel, it eventually comes back to bite her at the very end. But, like, it should have been sooner, I there, think. Yeah, there are like 10 successful grabless smashes yeah. that, that happened. And then everyone's like, everyone's like, yay, we did it. Dusting off our hands. 
Yeah. And then they find out the old man died. But... Just because just because they showed the barrel of that gun so early, I felt like it should fire a little sooner or at least in a different way. I right. Fi- yeah. I think that it, like, she ended up getting punished by things that were related to her actions but weren't actually directly what she was doing and right. weren't actually yeah. the direct fault of her lack of planning. And, yeah. like, that, that even, like, they even kind of, like... Uh, it does. You're, I think you're honest on to say that it does feel like something was changed because, like, later on when Marco is trying to is convincing Rachel, he's like, "My tactical shit won't work now." Like, it, it just felt like it, it, it. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time putting into words what I'm trying to say here. Like, yeah, it I kind felt of like it felt like Marco was trying to call back to a thing that didn't really like because we were not shown the like that Rachel's extreme recklessness was. Directly caused a bad thing, right? Marco calling back to it feels a little bit empty of him being like, "Had we been like, I mean, he's correct that had they been tactical, they would not have been caught off guard by the the Galatar or whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it doesn't feel like it has the same impact. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I agree. Yeah, and no one really challenges her, not in any sort of way that's meaningful. Yeah. So it's it's one thing when they defer to the the leadership of Jake and he fucks up, but they have really no reason to just decide that Rachel's a leader and just follow what she's saying because she doesn't really have good plans and yeah. they know that she doesn't have good plans. Yeah. They, it doesn't and, seem I I feel as though we've seen in like instances of every single one of them acting against the leader's will when they think they have a better idea Mm -hmm. or their whatever their specific moral compass decides is like the um highest priority Mm -hmm. and so to have them just bow down be like well i guess rachel's the leader it's like they're it would almost be funny like if this were a very different series that they're they 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 seem to be following her out of like passive aggressive like well yeah yeah, you're the leader like they're right and they're like i guess we'll just die because you're the leader (laughs) right no no you're totally right it's very strange and i think it would have we would have so maybe she doesn't have to kill someone for the, for it to breed conflict. Maybe she gets to she gets directly defied by the people she's supposed to be leading, and like realizes how difficult it is to control people. Not that her something we already know about her is that her like impulsivity and recklessness gets other people in dangerous positions, regardless if she's right, leading. Right. Like, I feel a, like we I feel like we learned that in book right, two. Right. Totally. Right. Um, I think more interesting would be a, a, a book examining uh, how to corral people, you know, yeah. um, and how you have to meet their own needs halfway as well. Uh, it's... And it also it it also felt a little bit unearned that like the way out of the entire thing was the exact same way Rachel got into this entire thing, which is right. just reckless bullshit. I yeah. mean, granted, it is one of like I'm not a huge fan of the action scenes in these books. I've said it before. But the action scene that they have to do before the final confrontation in this book is very funny to me, and I loved it a lot. It yeah. was it was very like stupid eighties action movie sequel. And I think to your to your point, Blair, I think that that would make the like epilogue ish part feel more earned, where Rachel and Jake are sort of discussing mm-hmm. if we actually got Rachel 
gaining a deeper understanding of the sacrifices of being a leader. Right. Um, to be fair, that is something we've sort of explored a lot already in this series. But I, I totally I agree. But I yeah. think it's one thing to have Jake sort of lean into it gradually. Yeah. And then have Rachel uh, put herself in that position and expect to be at the level that they've all sort of climbed to. Sure. I'm not saying that it necessarily needs to be examined. I think it could. No, I totally agree. I think I think a... that that would have been an, a, a more interesting angle. Right, right. Um, but I think, so since the meat of this book is unfortunately a lot of the same thing that we've already kind of talked about. Yeah. Um, so they just kind of disrupt local businesses, <laughs> which sucks yeah. for all the civilians, basically. Um, and like... for the humans who are con- like being controlled by these yurks, Right. I mean, if all goes well, we'll have to return to these businesses eventually. That's very um, true. <laughs> There's like just a, a couple of moments in here that's sort of scattered around that I really like. Like Marco really wants a Teletubby doll. Yes. And then he acts, starts quoting the Teletubbies. Um, and Cassie, Marco, like they're in a bookstore or a department store or something and Marco knocks over a blues clues display and cassie's like hey you step the fuck off of blue <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you oh my god which they specifically mention him so i just want to give a big shout out to steve from blues clues steve burns mm-hmm. incredible musician uh, oh, yeah? go listen to his album i think it actually might be called songs for dust mites or something like that mm-hmm. um Songs for Dustmites, yeah. That is not Amazing. the name of a, That is not an album that I would expect Steve from Steve Blues Clues to make. It's so his stuff is so beautiful. It's like atmospheric and poetic. It's truly lovely. I haven't listened. I don't know if he has other albums, but I've listened to that one a shit ton. I genuinely highly recommend it. <laughs> I just needed to shout that out because every time somebody's like, oh, remember Steve from Blue's Clues? I'm like, I remember Steve from Blue's Clues. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know why I remember Steve from Blue's Clues? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just fuck up like 15 different stores. Yeah, it sucks. Oh, they, um, they, they're like, oh, we know that the cops are full of controllers, but we don't want to go there because they've got guns. Oh, and also we don't want to hurt any of the good cops who are just doing their great cop jobs. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. I, like, I just, I, real, I physically rolled my eyes at that. Also, um, so Steve, I just, I just looked on Steve Burns' Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Um, he has done three albums, Songs for Dustmites, Deep Sea Recovery Efforts, and then in 2017 he released an album called For Everywhere. With oh, yeah. st- with a guy named Stephen Drozd, and they re- the the album was released under the artist name Stephen Stephen. <laughs> That's lovely. That's I'm a good. big fan. Oh wow! One of the songs from the album is the opening theme for Young Sheldon. Oh! <laughs> 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 I know when everyone's got to get their start a somewhere. Panic attack. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm not. Sorry. I shouldn't use that dramatically. <laughs> I do actually have panic attacks and they suck. Disclaimer. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's so funny. You that's can ethically so appropriate funny. panic attacks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's so funny. Uh, speaking of mental illness, Rachel is just having a manic episode throughout oh, this entire the book. the entire book. Oh yeah, she's like, she yeah, 
all of her thoughts are going a mile a minute. She's, she's like, like, she starts screaming like, I am Rachel, hero warrior, an interim king. And it's like, oh, do you want me to hold on to your credit card, honey? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. Good thing she's, like, way too busy for that. She's yeah. too busy putting her friends' lives at risk to spend um, irresponsible amounts of money. Yeah. And basically, while they're on their way to, like, uh, their final thing, uh, they decide to go to the community center, which we've seen open in recent books, uh, the sharing community center, just to fuck it up one last one last big show to be like, yo, we're here. Mm-hmm. And on the way, it's when they see the TV in a window. I love this trope where somebody walking by like a TV in a store learns something from the disp- the TV on display. I think it's really uh-huh. funny. Yep. Um, and Cassie, ba- I love this Cassie moment where she's like, they're on their way to the team and Cassie's like, listen, if you don't tell them, I will, but they should really hear it from you. But understand that if you don't tell them, they are still going to learn what happened, which I love. That's some good pure uncut cassie Mm -hmm. and they all start fighting and rachel's like no one says no to jake which is not true (laughs) it's explicitly not true rachel you've said no to jake several times like a lot (laughs) and they decide rachel's like we should all we should go in there guns blazing let's just go crazy let's all be polar bears and everyone's like shouldn't we be our like battle morphs that we're really used to and rachel's like no polar bears and her polar bear morph it's described that her entire body changes before her human head. So she just has a huge polar bear body and then a human head on top of it. I, I can't remember. I think it was this instance where um, the author decided to describe morphing as uncomfortable, which is new information. Like, I, I always was under the impression that you couldn't feel morphing. You just kind of knew it was happening. You know, I oh, I didn't notice that. I wonder if they just meant like emotionally. <laughs> well, they were talking about how like oh, you can feel your skin pinching and smoothing. And they usually preface it with like oh, it's not painful or anything like it's just that. Just gross, right? Yeah, that's true. But um, to have the idea that it has any physical sensation at all is fucking horrifying. <laughs> yeah, even if it's just like weird. Even if it's just weird, true. So they. They go into the community center. Obviously, the Garatron is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he stops them all. And then this was the moment where I literally wrote out the words eyes emoji, where he, like, stops them all, and they're all laying there. And he goes, well, I'm out of here. I leave you to clean up the mess, my dear Visser. I, like, what the uh, fuck is uh, happening in this thread? Uh, <laughs> and then Visser 3 just becomes Stinky Alien. <laughs> yeah, he becomes Garbador. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they describe his eyes like rotten, shriveled raisins, which is um, probably the worst detail. Well, maybe not the worst, but the one that stuck out to me the most. Yeah. And and Rachel's just like, go, everyone, get out of here. I'll fight him off. Yeah, and she looks around and she doesn't see any of her friends. So she's like, cool, I can escape now. And then she gets out. She realizes Cassie didn't escape. Marco starts just yelling at Rachel, which is fair enough. She bursts into tears and he does a slightly gross thing. He's like, don't use your like, oh, man, I'm just a little girl thing on me. And it's like, Marco, Marco. <laughs> He's 12. It's fine. Yeah, Marco, no, it's, it's... The, the, thir- the second episode of this podcast was titled All Women Are Queen, All Wolves Are Queens, Marco. And he obviously has not learned. No, that was the third episode. Anyways, he has not yeah. learned. Yeah. 
Um, so, oh, there's definitely a plot. I feel like there's a couple of plot things that are, like, set up in here. One of which is the Galatron, which I think we're probably going to learn is, like, fucking, uh, and, like, clones gone wrong or something. Mm. And then there's a moment where Rachel's like, well, I'm going to go rescue Cassie all alone because that's how shit works. I, I'm an anamorph, which means I always have to be trying to storm off to my death by myself. <laughs> it's just what we fucking do. It's probably um, why Cassie stayed behind in the first place. Yeah, honestly, honestly, yeah. And she, like, she Cass, says, Cass, like, Cassie's just like in the middle of saying, "All right, you guys get out of here. I'll stay behind." And then Rachel just like cuts her off. Get out of here. I'll stay behind. Yes, that's like the pure distillation of an animorphs fight. Everybody like, no, leave me behind. <laughs> I will die so that you all might I have the death. My death wish is winning today, not yours. <laughs> Marco, um, got to, Marco got to sacrifice himself last week. <laughs> My turn. I'm the I want to be mortally book. wounded. <laughs> um, I want to graphically describe my entrails coming out of my body. Please. <laughs> God. <laughs> so... Um, she, she basically, she's like, so I'm going to storm off. I'm already late for dinner. I'll, I'll deal with my mother's questions tomorrow. If she even notices that I'm gone, she's away so much working on that new big case. And I'm like, either like, it's, it's like a tacked on addition to the paragraph. It's like just added a sentence. So either it's a very weird addition to just like smooth over why it's okay that she's going to miss dinner or... Something's going down. Mm, probably That's the former, though. It'd be more satisfying if it was the latter. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. At this point, this book gets out of control. <laughs> I just, like, could barely fall. Like, it's... So things just kept happening, and I was like, all right. Yeah, this, I is, mean, okay. this is when Marco comes over, and he's like, I'm smart, but we need stupid action movie energy right now. Yes. Yeah, I like this, um, just Marco, I say this about literally every single pairing of kids, but I love Marco and Rachel's friendship. Me too. It's really good. It's definitely, the way that they know how, the way that they usually know each other's buttons so well. So well. And I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense because we, we, we're fairly sure that Jake and Marco have known each other for like forever, right? So Mm -hmm. Marco and Rachel probably also have, given that it seems, no, Rachel and Jake didn't really spend that much time together, did they? No, they yeah, were just cousins. But, I mean, they spent some time together, but, like, not to the extent that, like, if they were, like, siblings, like, yeah. she would have known Marco. But they would have, they assumed they've gone to the same school for a long time. They just oh, yeah, know yeah, each yeah. other so, so well, and it's really great. And they fight like their siblings as well. Mm-hmm. It's good. And then, the, at this point, my notes become, are they stealing a plane? So they stole a plane. Axe <laughs> nearly so- hit a deer with the plane. This book is stupid. <laughs> So like, what literally, is, it's I just like... Fucking, listen, I know both of you did not like this. I loved this. Because I don't fucking, know if I hated it, but it was so fucking insane. They, I don't have, like, an opinion about it. It was just like, okay. They steal a plane and Axe, like, starts flying it at, like, this tower. And this was yeah. obviously made pre-9-11. Very obviously, um, <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. Uh, like, they all bail out of the tower, or they all bail out of the plane, and Rachel's the last one out. She turns into a bird and, like, does not have any ability to, like, directionally aim herself, so she just kind of, like, swoops through the window. 
they oh we should point out they found what they basically they were like oh cassie got kidnapped she's probably going to be forcefully she's going to be turned into a controller we have to find her do we know any new entrances entrances to the yerk pool yeah, and Tobias is like i found there's this weird empty office building that oh that the roof comes off of and axe is like and that is uh not common in human architecture, am I correct? <laughs> Tobias is like, that's right. Aww, <laughs> way to go, Axe. So He's good. He's learning. Yeah. And and they're like, we can't get there fast enough. If only we had a thing that flies. <laughs> and then they steal a plane. They, and Marco is like the on, on the airplane and upon seeing there aren't any stewardesses in this abandoned parked and pl- not abandoned just parked plane goes hey where are the babes so we hit that quotient <laughs> the heterosexuality I, think, I, think, I genuinely yeah. i know i bring this up every time but i genuinely feel like that's like like that quotient is like diegetic like marco's brain says the exact same thing <laughs> absolutely he's like ah, got him again <laughs> they'll One never straight find thing out permission I, I also i know that again if we're just pointing out things that we always point out three times in this book twice in one paragraph they take care to point out how weak andalite arms are <laughs> i love their little stupid arms i know because they so basically axe is taxiing and nearly hits a deer swerves to hit not hit the deer and then is like that might have reduced our speed too much and rachel's like fucking go for it baby whatever he gets them off the ground and then as they're going to crash they all, yeah, as, as you said, Sarah, they all bail, and Rachel's like, well, I have to stay in the plane to, like, make sure it crashes good, um, and, like, she's like, Axe goes over, and, like, it says he grabs the carpet of the airplane with his weak andalite fingers, yeah. and his weak andalite arms hold on as best they can. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and then later, like, when we get into the Visser 3 stuff, he... <laughs> He's described as gesturing dramatically, which I love, with his yeah. weak andalite arms. It's just yep. little twigs. Honestly, yeah. I feel I feel like like when Axe is watching television, he should also just have like a set of dumbbells that he can just like kind of absentmindedly <laughs> lift. That's like when I I did, I bought uh, weights on Amazon, and they're apparently so small that all of them were like, "Oh, if you're gonna buy these weights, would you like to also buy all of these fitness DVDs for pregnant people?" <laughs> in building uh rachel gets cassie cassie makes herself smaller with her good morph powers to get out of manacles and this is such a romantic good moment yes i have this exact thing surprised to see me and cassie says sky's falling in flame everywhere yerk's running for cover who else would it be but you literally the gayest (laughs) shit i've ever read in my life it's so romantic that it's feel so when I'm not good. supposed to think your death wish is cool, etc. <laughs> no. Uh, <Around> goats. <laughs> uh, I couldn't physically contain it. I just threw a pillow. Oh, that. Yep. Uh, yeah. Shipping. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, and then uh, they, further all the shipping. Other, yeah. 
Although there, well, although there were birds, all oh, bur bur birds, all day burbs come in. It is. <laughs> Woo. Okay, and snake. there we go. Ooh, I need to come together. Whew, okay. You good? Ha, yeah. They carry in Marco as a cobra, and Rachel just is like a snake is a body that's basically nothing more or less than a whip with a mouthful of poison, aka the perfect Marco morph. <laughs> I don't know why I like that so much. The mouthful of poison makes sense, but I don't know about the body like a whip. <laughs> Marco's really lanky. I guess so. Uh, um, and then he like so Marco bites the Galatron. Everyone's yeah, like, because Vister Three basically goads the Galatron into attacking them. Like, he's like, ooh, if the Andalite bandits are so weak and I'm incompetent for not dealing with them, why don't you fucking kill him, mm-hmm. <laughs> Galatron? And, yeah, he, he get bit. He get bit by a snake. And then, and then it's like, oh my god, it's like the craziest thing in the world. So he, like, so obviously the poison does affect him, or the venom, or whatever. I don't know how snakes work. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, um, uh, Visser 3 is basically like, ooh, Galatron, while he's dying. Yeah. Uh, wow, the, the Andalite bandits are getting away. You should go get them. Hey, hey, what's the problem <laughs> while you're dying on the ground? Uh-huh. Basically. And I'm like, oh my god. Um, how badly did he break your heart? <laughs> Seriously. Like, oh my god. V3 got like burned <laughs> seriously it's the best it's so good and they all manage to escape and then we get a nice little cap with rachel running into jake as he gets home uh-huh. and she's like so <laughs> how was your trip <laughs> and jake's like i heard some shit went down she's like yeah i got more to tell you i fucked up pretty bad and jake's like how many people did you start with and rachel said six or five or whatever and Jake's like, and how many people did you end with? Rachel's like, the same amount. And Jake's like, so no one died. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. And then, yeah, it's a the sweet, really. It's a, yeah, it's a sweet it's, moment. But I, I, wrote, I, I wrote a paragraph down because um, do you remember what Rachel asks him to prompt this response? Um, Like, she starts asking, like, how do you deal with making decisions that might get your friends killed? And yeah, and the, the the line is like that. I saw something strange on his face. For just a fleeting moment, it was the face of a terrified kid on the edge of tears. It shocked me. I knew what I was seeing. It was my face when I realized the old man had died. My face when I thought I'd lost Cassie forever. But then the yeah. mask came down, and he was Jake again. I don't think about it. He lied. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the one of the strongest parts of the book, though. Yeah. 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 Um, I like little character moments like that. They're nice. Yeah, me it too, is very much. Also, I like the fact that the, 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 I thought I'd lost Cassie forever, which is totally a thing you say about someone who's your friend, who's just your friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying you cannot feel that way about a, about a best friend. I am simply saying mm-hmm. I don't buy that it's best friend. Yeah. That we're brain geniuses and always correct? Yeah, uh-huh. we, are, we are. It's true. That reminds me, there's a moment where when they're, this is skipping way back, I just remembered it out of nowhere, um, when they're talking about like, voting and marco's like oh sure let's vote fucking rachel's best friend and bird friend are here <laughs> it's like yeah god rachel does have two hands doesn't she she truly does have the, two hands at the end of the day rachel has two hands yeah and axe has really weak little baby hands <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> Jake has to be careful when holding them. Do not crush them. Do not crush hand, please. <laughs> Every time uh, we talk about his weak little shitty arms, they're smaller and smaller in my head. <laughs> Me too. Absolutely. And you said that, and like in my head, like the image of like, you know those like little like the foam capsule things you put in water and they expand? Like I'm imagining yes. like the opposite of that. Like actually the arms are slowly shrinking into a capsule yeah. of foam. Absolutely. It's true. Woo! So Podcast. Was... Fuck. Sorry, I keep dropping pill bottles. <laughs> um, yeah, let's not get too excited. Um, Woo! So I'm that... gonna pop some aspirin! <laughs> uh, yep, so that was the weakness. That was the weakness. Hey, here's a, here's a joke for all your modern baseball fans. Most of my old friends, I can only stand for the weakness. Thank you. Thanks. Mm-hmm. The weakness is that Toronto uh, singer, right? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm like so mad at you. I don't um, get it. I'm talking about we- I'm the, talking the weekend. About weekend. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so stupid. Um, thanks for listening to this episode of The Wonder Yorks, I guess. <laughs> To find the show, you can find us on Twitter at the Wonder Yorks. If you want to support the show, you can support this and our sister podcast, Fear Baiting, at patreon.com forward slash fear baiting. If you donate five dollars and up, uh, you get your name read right on the show. I don't have uh, Ducky Aisha, Paul Bechtel, Kit Spinler, Paul Moran, and Michael Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> Some fucking air horns in that bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much. Um, if you want to find me online, you can find me at Blair Kitch on Twitter, BlairKitch.tumblr.com. Uh, I am doing things on the internet on occasion. Period. Um, if you want to check me out, I am on Twitter at SunHatGenia. I'm also on Twitch with that handle. Um, check me out on Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. Also, another great podcast on the NoiseSpace.xyz network. Thank you to Matt GameCube for hosting this and all of the podcasts that I am on. Mm-hmm. Um, also, mine. Yes, musical music from music from Mole Hills. Yeah, I keep mentioning it even though it hasn't had a new episode in over a year because I like to think that if I just keep saying it, I will be <laughs> I will start <laughs> somehow episodes will start being released even though it's entirely my responsibility <laughs> and I'm the only one who does it. You know. <laughs> That feel well. Uh, also, I'm on I'm on Twitter at nudity with an e instead of a y, and I make music. You can hear at gaygothvibes.online. Yes, it's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so thank you all for listening. We will be at you again in dos weeks mm-hmm. with uh, book thirty eight. Spanish for two. <laughs> Spanish for two. This is a fucking multicultural podcast. Um, Probably a little bit less than two weeks because I was sick and we had to push this one back a little. Oh bit. yeah. Eh. Um. <laughs> We've got under a year of episodes left, probably. That's so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. We are hurtling ass first into the end. Fuck I, yeah. I don't know why ass first. Into the oh. end, baby. <laughs> so catch us in uh, two weeks uh, with book 38. But until then, uh, I have been Blair. I'm Sarah. And I'm Seda. Are ya? Mm-mm. <laughs> oh no! And <laughs> <laughs> Keep your hand on the Escapol device! <laughs> what? <laughs>
<laughs> you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> As in turned off, not in both. It did both.